just give your neighbor a hug this morning say hello amen hallelujah let's just you know i know we are few and scattered throughout the sanctuary but let's just embrace each other this morning hallelujah god hallelujah hallelujah amen we thank you we thank you we want to welcome any of any visitors that are in the house this morning any visitors that are watching us online God bless you this morning. Amen. For those that are out of state, we had our first snowstorm last night, and I went to bed early, so when I woke up, I was like, well, I guess it, it really did come on down. It was a little more than I, was, than I had anticipated, but we thank God for it. Amen. We thank God for it. He is in control of everything. And we just ask for safe passages on the road this morning. Amen. For those that are out there, those that have to be out there this morning. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. God is good. How is everyone doing? Amen. Amen. We are here to celebrate our King this morning. Amen. And just to lift up his holy name. I'm excited uh, for what he has just been putting in my spirit, putting in your spirit. We ask that you share that, amen, as we go forth. And I just want to say, if you would just be in prayer for our dear sister Tanya this morning. Uh, her father passed this past week, and the services are today. Just lifting the Rosenswag family up in prayer as uh, they... Uh, celebrate his life this morning and then we do ask for prayers for um, elder pat she will be having a procedure tomorrow so keep her lifted in prayer and for all those uh, that we know that are sick and shut in we're just asking that you would give um give your attention to that and your prayers and just asking god to do what he does amen because he is truly in control so amen so this morning we won't be long i, I believe the snow is going to stop I believe it's letting up. I see people still trickling in, but I believe the snow will be uh, uh, easing up so you all can get home safely. But let's just look to the, to the Lord for a word of prayer, amen, as I just share with you this morning what God is saying. Hallelujah, God. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your magnificent holy name, God. Father, we thank you, Father, that you give that you give attention to us, Lord. Father, that you watched over us as we slumbered last night, God. As we went to bed, Lord, without a care in the world, Father God. Just resting in your arms, Father. We praise your holy name this morning, Father. And we ask that as this word goes forth, Father, that Father, it will penetrate our ears and penetrate our hearts, God. And Align us into what you are saying, God. Align us, Father God, in obedience to your word so that you can open up windows of heaven, Father God, and pour us out blessings that are, that are meant for us, Father God, that are already ordained for us, that are predestined for us, God. So we thank you as we go through this uh, study, Father God, this, this session, Father God, on being debt-free, Father God being free to do what you've called us to do without the hindrance, without the bondage, and without the yokes around our necks. Help us to remove, Father God, those yokes and the errors that we have made in our finances, in our relationships, God, so that we can be free 
and do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and we thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Can we just get a hand of praise to the Lord this morning? Amen, amen. Well, we are going to dive right into the word this morning. So if you would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we will be looking at verses 16 through 15. And again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 15. And today we're going to be talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. Now, there have been many messages taught out of this, out of this uh, passage of scripture. A lot of people use it to kind of, uh, kind of use it for prosperity, uh, saying how God will prosper, you know, you if you give, if, you know, if you give this $100 seed, God's going to turn it into $200. God's going to send a check your way. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. God's not obligated <laughs> to do that for you. And so a lot of people can get uh, caught up in, in, in thinking, okay, well, if, if that's the preacher and the preacher's saying that, and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do that, and, and then you don't see the blessing. <laughs> you, you know, you just like, I'm out of $100. Like, where is the blessing, Lord? Or what am I doing wrong? And, and, and they guilt you into this. But this week as I was studying this passage of Scripture, it really has some profound principles in it that I believe we can all grab a hold of from the youngest person in the house to the oldest person in the house. This word is for every individual, amen? It's for the married couple, it's for the single, it's for the divorced, it's for the widowed, it's for all of us. That if we follow this principle of sowing and reaping, we will stand in the right place with God. And God will, will begin to open up our, win open up our windows, amen? and pour us out a blessing. So in the Old Testament, we are taught that uh, you are to give a tenth of your offering. Um, it's it's uh, in Malachi 3, we all know the scripture and we all know the teachings throughout the Levitical laws that the Old, in the Old Testament that they were to bring a tenth of their earnings. But in the New Testament, you do not even hear mention of the tithe in the New, in the New Testament. Um, the instructions in the New Testament is that we should give it all, that we should be walking in obedience and living and loving God so much that whatever God needs or whatever God is calling us to do, that we should check our hearts and we should give all that we can. Amen. So should we give more? Should we as Christians give more than 10%? Should we, what should we do? And I believe this passage in 2 Corinthians really lays out the principle that God intended for us to understand and follow. The tenth is a good starting point. The tenth is obedient to the Levitical law. It's a good, good starting point. But God wants us to do more. And that, that more comes out of the obedience of our hearts. God says, I want you to give because of who you are and because of your heart position. So throughout the synoptic gospels, there are just teachings after teachings, if you're you know, paying attention to it and, and, and just through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, even on through the, other, um, through the other passages of scripture, there's a lot of teaching on money, there's a lot of teaching on money management and what God calls us to do. See, God wants us to live an abundant life, amen? 
God wants us to live the life that he designed for us. And when we adjust to his will, we activate a principle that has been outlined all the way back to the Garden of Eden. We activate that principle and God still holds that true today. So when we learn the principles of God and we position our heart in the right place, we activate this principle that Paul is talking about. So let us read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15, and I am reading out of the ESV. And it says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to, the, to be generous in every way which through, uh, through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of you, because of your submission that comes from your confession to the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and all others. While they long for you and pray for you because the surpassing grace of God upon you. And verse 15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift, amen? Amen. May the Lord have a bless the reading and hearing of his word this morning. So before I get, begin, I want to give you a little bit of background, a little bit of a historical context on what was going on and why Paul uh, wrote these letters, why he was addressing these letters. You see, Paul, we all know who Paul was. We all know that he, the role, the role that he played um, in the early churches. And as he was helping set up these early churches throughout the region, he would often send letters, uh, keeping everyone informed of what's going on, keeping everyone informed um, and addressing any issues and problems. So chapter eight and nine, Paul writes to the Corinthian church uh, throughout the region, um, and he's specifically writing and asking uh, the church for financial help for the Jerusalem church. So here Paul is writing to the Gentile church asking for financial support of Jerusalem, the Jewish church, the biggest church, the biggest congregation. Everybody knows that, you know, Jerusalem was the, was the center of, of trade. Jerusalem was the, the city uh, that most people lived in, most people traveled through, great commerce. Uh, it was a multiplex place, and it was odd that Paul would write a letter to the Gentiles to ask them to help the church in Jerusalem, because the church in Jerusalem just had it flat going on. So 
he's calling and informing them that I'm doing some fundraising. I'm sending out some fundraising letters. I have Titus and my boys, they're delivering these letters and I want you to pay attention to what is being asked because you all, the Corinthian church, were generous in their giving. Paul spoke often to them about other, to other churches about just how generous they were and how obedient they were to God in their giving. So what was going on in, uh, with the church of Jerusalem is that Judea was experiencing an economic downturn. Things weren't going well. And we've seen this. We see it all the time. We see it here in America. I mean, it's happening right now. Uh, they were in an economic crisis, and the city of Jerusalem was catching the brunt of it. And so just like us in our rural areas, if someone or if a company pulls out, it affects a lot of people in that community. Well, the biggest employer in, in Jerusalem, the one, the one that, the biggest place of employment was the temple. And so the temple employed thousands and thousands of people. When you think about it, there's just so many things that go on to help build that temple, to help maintain the temple, to keep everything going. And so thousands of people worked in the temple and many of them were Christians. They were attenders of these Jerusalem churches. And so, although they loved God and they were excited about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the people that ran the temple were the Sadducees. The Sadducees were the leaders, they were the priests, and they were the ones that took care of the affairs of the temple. Well, here you have this, this new uh, this new set of people, these new Christians coming in, and they're excited about their faith, they're excited about what's going on in their communities, they're excited about the experiences that they are having with God, the salvations that are going on. So, you know, just normal like we do when we go to work, we talk about, you know, what's going on, the latest trend. And so they're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and three days he was buried and he rose up again. and. And so they're talking about it and people are excited and they're conversing and converting other people and the Sadducees are not having it. They're like, you know, you're here to work. Well, you're not here to talk about Jesus. You're here to do your work. And so this was causing contention with inside the temple. So what happened was a lot of them just got fired. They got pink slips. They got, they got fired from that. So now we have these, Jerusal these, these Christians that are living in Jerusalem, losing their jobs, and, and a famine is beginning to take place. They're in the middle of a famine, they've lost their jobs, and so they're beginning to struggle, and they're not able to give to the house of God, and they're not able to even go to the house of God and ask for help, because the house of God is, is, is feeling the effects of it financially. So Paul reaches out to the Gentile churches to help his, to help their fellow uh, Jewish Christian, to help the, their fellow Jewish believers. And so this letter, of, this passage uh, of scriptures in, in verses eight and nine, um, chapters eight and nine can be interpreted in several ways. Uh, but I believe the underlying message is a simple truth. And that is today, and that's what today's point is about is that, you know, why should the Corinthians give to the Jewish, to the Jews. After all, the Jews were God's chosen people. After all, the Jews were financially set 
So why should I have to give to, to a church that seems like they don't need the money? They didn't, need, they didn't need the finances. And so Paul just begins to explain what is going on. And when we look at this through a different, through a different set of lenses, Paul is really teaching them that God loves us all, amen? And there are going to be times where you might be in a situation and you might need help. And you all have been generous in your giving, so let's not allow prejudices, let's not allow past, let's not allow traditions to um, hinder you from giving to the Jewish community. So he sends out Titus and he sends out the letters with, with, with his boys and they, they um, go and they present these letters to uh, these churches. So Paul uses, um, in, in, throughout the language or throughout this chapter, Paul pulls on um, teachings from the Old Testament. In Proverbs 11, 24 and 26, it reads, one gives freely, yet all the one gives freely yet grows all the richer another withholds what he should give and only suffers want whoever brings blessings will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered the people curse him who holds back grain but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it so paul is telling um the Corinthian church and relaying to uh, the people of God that God doesn't look, he doesn't divvy out, he doesn't look at, what, at, at things like we do, but he's saying it's a simple principle that has been written in the laws that, is, that was established before time began that God wants us to be lovers of him and he wants us to be generous. He wants our generosity to be expressed to uh, one another. And so that just leads me to understand that there is a reward, amen, for generosity, that God rewards generosity. See, the grace, of, the grace of God, through the grace of God, Christians are rewarded three ways in their generosity, and we'll see this throughout this passage. The givers are enriched, so those who give are blessed. The receivers' needs are met, so the givers are enriched, are enriched, the receivers' needs are met, and then God, the source of all blessings, is praised and glorified. So my big ideal today is that generosity is the gift that keeps on giving. Amen? Generosity, let's just say that, is a gift that keeps on giving. Amen. Let's, let's keep looking into this word. Amen. So I'm just going to go through uh, this chapter and pull out some key principles of what sowing and reaping are and just give you a different view of this passage this morning. So principle number one is the principle of sowing. And we see that in verses six and seven. See, Paul begins his discussion on the principles of sowing and reaping by using just a simple illustration that we all understand, we all get. So he, he, he gives us a simple in, uh, illustration to emphasize the point, his point. This is a basic true principle that is transferable from the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And so we all know that God is the creator of heaven and earth, amen? That God created all the vegetation, animals, everything. And everything that God created, he gave it the ability to multiply. 
So if we were to take a seed, amen, and put it in the ground, we will get produce, whether it's an apple tree, whether it's corn, whatever it is. If we uh, put it in the ground, we cultivate it by the natural wonders of God and his creation, that it will bring forth a tree that will bear fruit. And so he's saying that if you just go and you just give a little, or you just plant a little bit of seed, you're just gonna get a little bit of crop, amen? If you, if you produce one corn husk, if you put in one corn seed, you're gonna get one husk that will produce maybe four or five uh, uh, corn, heads of corn, and that's it. But if you understand the principle that maybe you only started with just a little bit, maybe you only had one corn seed, but you planted it, and when you planted it, it grew, amen, producing more corn, producing more husks, uh, producing more seeds that could be replanted. And so even in your tithe and your offerings, if you're just giving a little, God honors that because God says if you plant that seed, out of the abundance of your heart, if you're doing it um, because, if you're doing it to get, God is, God is saying, that's not the way to do it. Do it because you love me. Do it because your heart is in a posture to begin a new, to, to begin doing something new and different. And so God is saying that if you plant, you will reap. If you plant a generous seed, you will reap a generous harvest. If you plant sparsely, you will, you will reap a parse a harvest, but the principle stays the same no matter what. So when we look at our neighbors and we look at our friends and we're just wondering how in the world do they have all of this? How in the world they, you know, they got it going on. I mean, just blessings after blessings after blessings. And it could be that they are become, they have learned to just be generous in their giving. Be generous in their tithes, be generous in their offerings, be generous in helping their neighbors, be generous in giving back to the work of God. So we, under, we all understand this principle, and this principle is very, it's transferable. It's not a principle um, only in its natural state, but even in the investment world, when we understand that when we put our money in the bank, it can grow and it depends on how much you put in or what type of account you put it in where you will see the growth increase. And so this, this, this is a, a principle that God has, has uh, given us that works well, not only just in money, not only just in, in um, nature, but also just in our, our daily walk. If we sow into our wives, as we sow into our husbands, as we sow into our families and our children, when we take the time to cultivate those relationships, it reaps back. You reap back the benefits of, of uh, the blessings you have poured in. I can think of, you know, just my children alone, um, how, how they have grown up and have just become such a blessing to me uh, that I did, I, there might be something I didn't even ask for or don't need or anything, but they're always like, mom, what do you need? What do you want? We know you're going to say this. We're gonna, <laughs> we know you're going to say no, you don't need anything. But they've grown to the point to where now they can be a blessing. When there was a time when I was helping them, now as I grow older, they are able to bless me because they, they understand the principle of sowing and reaping. They understand the principle of being a blessing. So the principle is, uh, 
The amount of your investment sets the tone for how fast you reach your goals. And so we don't want to take this as just saying, okay, if I give this and I do this much, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attain this. It's not so much the attainment of the goal, but it's a principle of understanding God's provision. Amen. A generous gift produces a generous return. A sparse gift produces a sparse return. How much you give is a direct basis of the amount of your return. So as we are looking at this, Paul is um, just reiterating to the Corinthian church, don't look and don't judge. If God places it on your heart, then give it without, without uh, any, any strings attached. So we don't want people to get caught up in prosperity in this passage of scripture. We don't want people to think that... Um, there's a motive to getting. If I give, I'm going to get back. But Paul is simply uh, telling us, don't get caught up in the wrong motive in verse 7. Don't get caught up um, giving just because you feel compulsed or you feel like, you know, oh, I, I have to do this. But God is saying, don't do that. He says, give because of who you are. Give because out of the abundance of, the, of your heart. So, one principle that we pull from this is that we must understand God is not moved by the condition. God is moved by the condition of the heart when we give, not the amount. And I think that that's freeing to some people, amen? That God's not worried about the amount you give. God's more concerned about the heart posture, about the condition of your heart in your giving. So don't let anyone ever guilt you to give uh, because the amount of the gift is a gift to God, amen? It's a gift to God and should be based on your ability. So when you're in church and they get the $100 lines and the $500 lines, you know, just, just pray for them, amen? Um, don't get caught up or, or beguiled into giving because you feel guilty out of, out of it. But God says, give out of your ability. Um, and that will be the basis of your return because you might say, God, I don't have $100 to give, but I do have this and I give it to you freely and willingly, and God will begin, the, 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 the principle will begin uh, to activate of sowing and reaping. So anytime you feel pressure, don't, don't even worry about those who are jumping up with their big offerings and everything because the amount of the gift does not impress God. God's not impressed by it. God says, I'm impressed when your heart is set on me and when your heart when you when you are gotten to a point of generosity pure generosity so in luke um 638 it, it it says this it says give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be put into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured back to you it says give and it will be given to you good measures pressed down whatever you give to God amen out of the abundance of your heart out of the obedience of your heart God takes that it might just be a dollar but God will take that dollar amen press down shake it together and give it back to you a lot of people look for a, a financial blessing to return a financial blessing but your health Amen? It's a financial blessing. Your, your job is your, a financial blessing. 
a home is a financial blessing. God blesses us in so many ways. So a lot of us get caught up in the money, 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 money. You know, we want to see that dollar bill. But God is saying there is so much more that I have for you. I have good health. I'm rebuking the devourer from your life. I'm doing, I'm doing my work as you do yours. I'm sustaining you and I'm upholding you. They are laying off at your job, but you don't get laid off. Amen? Those are the blessings. That's the shaking down where God is protecting you. So let's look at principle number two, which is in verses eight and nine, and that's the principle of reaping, and I'm just going to read that. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Principle number two is a principle of reaping. And the key phrase in this passage is God is able. Can we just say that? God is able, amen. The word, and I might not be pronouncing it right, is dunati, that is um, the Greek word for able. It means that God has power. God has, possesses the power and ability to produce a harvest. That God in his infinite creation and in his infinite design can take your little seed, amen, and he is able to produce a harvest for you. He is able to turn that around out of your obedience and begin to bless you, begin to, to bless you. And only God can do this, amen? Even the banks can't do what God can do. The banks, the financial facilities, they cannot do what God can do. God is the one, amen? So he does it all by himself. God doesn't need any assistance. He doesn't need um, any patterns or, or ways. But God says, just when you sow into me, when you sow into my house, when you sow into my kingdom, he says, I assure you, I guarantee you that I saw that, that I recognized it, and I am going to give it back to you, and I am going to, to allow you to reap the blessing from it. So we have to understand that God can do it, amen? Independent of us, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think that God has the power, and he, can, and he can do it right now, amen? He can do it now, he, has, he, has, uh, he watches over you day and night, and God is the one that takes the initiative. A lot of times we're like, well God, you know, when, when is it gonna happen for me? When am I, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to make it day to day, Lord, I'm out here grinding, Father God, at this job, and Lord, I, I just don't understand why it's not happening to me, and God is like, just bring me the 10th. Just begin to sow into the things that I've called for you to do. See, when we sow into the Lord's work, amen, God cannot ignore that. He, he sees it. He feels it. He, he realizes that, wow, one of my children have stepped into obedience. And so... I'm going to bless them. I'm going to show them that it's just not in the word written, but that there is an action that takes place for it, from it. So because of, of, of the activity of God's part, it's going to happen. 
you know, let, let's not just wait, let's not just give and wait, amen, but let's give and bless. Let's give with anticipation that, you know what, God, I don't know what, what, what's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to turn this out. I don't know, you know, what this blessing that you promise is going to be as I plant these seeds. How will it manifest? But I trust you. I trust you, and I am going to give it to you. So the principle here is, or the thing is that I'm sowing, but at the same time, I'm reaping. And you just need to understand that every time you give to God, he gives to you. You woke up this morning, amen, didn't even think about it. You were breathing. Amen. God is always watching over you. As we sow, God continues to allow us to reap. We will go home. We will open up our cabinets. We will, we will cook our meals. We will do what we want to do. We will turn on the heat up just a little bit more because it's cold. And that's the things that we have to understand that, you know, it's not me who's doing this or, or sustaining this, but that it is God sustaining it. So we have to understand that all grace um, to over, uh, overflow to you, that God will show favor. Carvin is, is another word in the Greek. Carvin means the favor of God, and I hope I'm pronouncing these right. But God will show you favor, unmeasured favor um, in your life. And that all, all that you need, the goal, the goal is self-sufficiency, that God will not cause you to be in need. And some of us right now might be sitting here saying, well, I am in need, so what's going on with my life? And God is saying, I just need you to just quiet yourself, quiet your heart, quiet your anxiety, and trust me. Trust me in this. Plant the seed. The seed does not necessarily mean a gift to the church. It might mean a gift to someone on your job, an apology that God is waiting for you to, to, to make. Uh, maybe it's, it's an argument that you need to go back and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I was wrong for that. I was totally in my flesh. Let me, will you allow, will you please accept my apology and can we pray about it? That's a seed that is planted in someone's heart that is going to reap a harvest. Instead of letting you let it manifest and grow into something ugly, God is saying, why don't you just take care of that and handle it the way I would handle it. Handle it through your heart's posture and then I will begin to bless you. God's, God has a reciprocal uh, pattern, amen, that is not, not only spiritual, but we can use these, that, that same principle to be a blessing to God and to be a blessing to others. So at, in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You may have an abundance for every good work that you do. So the principle here is that whenever we give to the kingdom of God, we are positioning ourselves to have more so we can be more of a blessing to the work of the Lord. So there's, here's that, that same principle of sowing and reaping. As we give to the Lord, as we give our abundance to God, God returns it, amen? And it just works in our favor. It's a, it's a repeated blessing. I give to God because of my love for him, because of my love for God's people, but because of my love for the poor, because of my love for uh, people who may be struggling. Um, the more I am of a blessing, the more God is able to work through us. And then the third point is, 
Let's just take a look at the harvest, a look at the blessing. So verse 10 says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So sowing sparingly, you reap a, I keep repeating it, you reap a small harvest, you reap, you reap a sparse harvest, but when you sow generously, you reap a great harvest. A harvest of what? A harvest of plenty, a harvest where there is no lack. Um, so we have to be careful who we give to and how much, you know, we have to be careful of where we plant our seeds because we can plant our seeds into some crazy stuff. Bitcom, okay? Um, all of this new technical online giving, you know, or ways of investing your money. That young man is, in, is, is going through court right now for all of the billions of dollars that were misappropriated. And we, you know, people will jump on that like, wow, I can make this much money if I give you this, my return will be that. And we see that so many times when we get caught up in the commercialization of all you gotta do is this. And they package it so beautiful and so pretty. You know, those, those uh, what do they call them? Uh, those pyramid schemes where if you do this and you sell that and you bring on the, so many people, then, then you're going to go to the next level tier. And, you know, by the time it's all over, all you got to do is just sit back and wait for the check to come. No, it don't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. God is saying that, you know, don't get caught up in those schemes. So the harvest may be, be financial, but that is not the only meaning in this passage that the results of sowing could be, could come in any form or shape, and that the harvest can come in many different ways. To say a financial harvest, that's a beautiful thing, amen, <laughs> uh, um, is not the object of this passage, but it, it, it helps you to understand what God is, the point that Paul is trying to get across is that when you sow, and you give, you will receive, amen? The reciprocity of God will be put into action. Um, so the principle in this, in this passage of this verse 10 is that the more I give, the more I finance the work of God on earth. Um, the more I give, the more I finance the work of God on earth. So this is just such a beautiful piece to this is that when I give of my tithes and offerings, I am propagating God's work here on the earth. I am propagating the kingdom of God. I am opening up doors for people that I may never know that might be saved, that might come have a sabbatical experience through my gift, through my offering. And so it's the harvest of righteousness uh, results in thanksgiving to God. When we give of our seed, when we give to uh, someone in need, if we give to an organization, we never know just actually where that seed goes, how that seed uh, moves forth, but we do know that God is in control of it and God will reap a harvest. So in our giving, the main reason we give is to expand the kingdom of God, to expand the gospel of God. When we look back at, at on this passage, can you just for a moment imagine the impact 
that these two different nations had, uh, the prejudice that, that were between them, the things uh, that seemed unfair, the unbalance of what was going on. So when the lesser kingdom gave to uh, the, the larger kingdom of Jerusalem, when the saints of Corinth, these Gentiles, um, that were laboring, amen, were able to give an abundant offering to the church of Jerusalem and some mother came and asked for sustenance from the church, needed to just go and get something out of the, the Jerusalem food bank, amen, that needed just enough to get her through how she was blessed and how she told her friend you know, I went up to the church and I know that it's been, it's been rough and they haven't had anything, but I heard that the Gentiles have given an offering and now there is sustenance, there is food in the house, there, is things, there are things in the house that we now can attain while we go through this famine, while we go through this struggle, that God is still with us. We might have lost our jobs, we might have gotten fired from the temple, but God is sustaining us. And that's because the fruit, the blessings and the offerings from the Corinthians was used by God to produce a harvest for those Jewish, uh, the church of, for those Jews and the church in Jerusalem. So God can bless us, amen? God can use us to bless. And the more we give, the more God has to work with to get more people saved, amen? Resulting in his kingdom being in, an increase in his kingdom and his kingdom being built and established. God's goal is, uh, is blessing me, amen? Myself personally to, to finance the kingdom of God. My tithes go to advancing the kingdom of God and propagate out into the world, propagate into the community that God is alive and God is in control. And so the object or the reason for this collection was for Paul to enable and to teach these Corinthian believers that our money is to be given out of a heart, out of the heart of God, and it is to, to go and to help someone that they probably weren't, you know, really too crazy about. I mean, let's, let's admit it, you know, we still have those, those type of prejudices in here. These weren't just, you know, supreme Christians. They weren't, um, they were, they, they had feelings, they had emotions, there had been wars, there had been things that the Jewish uh, nation had done to them, but at the same time, now they get to be a blessing, amen? It wasn't a tit for tat, but it was a let me help you because of the divine connection and our heart connection with God, you are my Christian brother, you are my Christian sister, and so I am now being asked to give to help you, and so they did. And so in uh, verses, um, chapter, in Corinthians uh, chapter nine, <coughs> excuse me, 10 and 11, uh, God speaks, of, Paul speaks of a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of righteousness. Um, it's, it reads in chapter, chapter nine, it says, as it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of righteousness. The, re the major reason uh, our gifts are, are 
enable people to come to faith in Jesus Christ is because God has put a principle in place that when we give, we will reap a harvest. So there's many of us who, who have impacted someone and someone has come to Christ. And we might not personally know this, but when we are sending and giving and sending up our timber, giving of our tithes and offerings, God is like, oh, I got you. I got you. I'm working on something for you. Amen. Not even in the, on the earth realm, but in the heavenlies. I am crafting and designing uh, your, your eternal home. I am crafting and designing your mansion because you are supporting the work of the Lord here on earth. You're funding missions. You're funding projects. You're doing what God has asked us to do, and that is to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then it says that we will be made rich in every way rich in every way. God is the one who is making this happen. We have to understand that it is only through God that this, that, that this can happen. And the moment that we trust him, the responsibility and the results fall on him. And God is not going to, uh, God is not going to revoke his own principle. That principle is set. And when we give and we, we do what we've got to do, God is obligated to do for us. So the work is pro progressive and it connotes the motion that it implies. It's constant. It's constant that when every time you give, God sees your heart. God, God knows uh, the love that you have for him and for his people. And so it is a constant blessing that is coming for you. Uh, this, is, this is more than, you know, just, okay, so, you know, for example, the, the roof is leaking. Let me give to the church. You know, my own roof is leaking. Why well, I got to give to the church? Um, but it is like this is God's house. And people come here to worship him. Let us present it well. And so, you know, we thank you for your tithes and offerings, and we thank you for understanding these principles. We can always be generous, amen? We can always be generous. And sometimes it's not just about giving someone money, amen? But it's about expressing your love to him, that God will bless you and, and show, show his favor towards you. It's not about, you know, your big fat bank account. It's not about what you've achieved, but it's about the generosity that you have given to others, the generosity that you have expressed um, towards others, the humbleness that lays within your heart allows God to be generous to you. See, God will bless you and enable you to be um, financially set, to be in a, a financial uh, position here on earth, amen? Don't just wait to get to heaven to reap. But God says, I want you to understand this principle right now while you're here on earth, that I will be generous to you as you, as you are generous to me. So God will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the work here on earth. And I just believe this morning that you know, we just need to really just understand this simple principle. And I just admonish you to go home and read through this chapter and to do the historical uh, background and just see why Paul wrote this letter, why Paul um, asked the Gentile church to support the Jerusalem church. Why did God do that? Why, what, why, did, why was Paul asking for that? Because the Jerusalem church found themselves in a, a predicament and the answer was God was saying, allow 
the Gentile church to show their heart. Allow them to express their love of me by giving to a brother, to be giving to a sister, amen, that they have aught with. And it was really just the precious uh, healing that took place that they were able to help their Jewish brothers and sisters. So God doesn't want us to be tightwads, amen? I mean, that, 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 in that passage of scripture, they could have been like, absolutely not. Like, I will give to the Gentile church down the, down the way, but I'm not giving to those Jews. Psh, I wish I would. But God is like, no, 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 you have the money. <laughs> you have the sustenance. That famine can come your way, amen? When we, are, when, we, when we hold on to our money, when we're tightwads, when we're, we're feeling like, you know, no, I just need to hold on to this, and we keep our fists closed, God is like, oh, I can open that fist up for you in, in all kinds of ways. But God is telling us to be generous, amen? As we are generous, God is generous to us. God will give to us the, the principle of the rest the reciprocity will just continue and continue and you will grow deeper and deeper of your knowledge and love of God how he wants to take care of you how he wants to glorify you here on earth how he wants to set you up to be a blessing so if we can just understand that God's goal is just not getting us rich. You know, we all want to be rich. Who doesn't want to be rich? Um, and we want to be rich and we want to stay rich. Um, but it's about us understanding how God, uh, the principles God has placed within us so that we can continue to produce, amen, to produce a harvest, to produce what God wants us to do. I have a friend um, you know, everybody knows, uh, and everybody knows about the lottery. And so I have a friend that uh, his father hit the lottery. This was years ago when the lottery wasn't as crazy as it is now. Now it gets up to billions of dollars. But he was the sole winner of the New York lottery. And uh, it was Pastor's best friend. And he called and he's like, Man, dad hit the lottery. I think it was like 17, 18 million or something like that. And, uh, and so his dad had um, taken the money. He had taken all the kids, invited the kids to a restaurant, told them, you know, I hit the lottery, gave all the kids some money, set them up. And uh, the dad came and saw Felix and I when we were living, when we were living over here in Denver. Um, and he pulls up into this, I mean, this, this mobile home was all of that. They pull up in this beautiful mobile home and everything. And, uh, you know, he really felt Felix uh, as a son. And so uh, we were just sitting there, you know, talking about, you know, the money he had and the investments that he uh, was now into and just doing well. I mean, he was a janitor. And so uh, he, he was, you know, he was set. He had set himself up for life, but he did not make the proper investments. So a few years later, he was broke again, and it, that thing just crushed me. I'm just like, how can, how can he be broke? How can Mr. Oliver have, you know, mismanaged all that money? And the principle, you know, it's just the principle of sowing and reaping. If you are sowing into your flesh, if you are sowing into things, uh, you know, you're giving your money away um, and you're being frivolous with it, you will find yourself broke. That, that's, that's, that same story is said that if you give a poor man a million dollars, 
the millionaire will come and he will get that money right back. Is that we have to understand principles and be knowledgeable of how to apply our money. God wants to teach us how to remain, how to remain wealthy, amen. How to live this life, how to live in an abundant life on God on earth so that he can get the glory. So this whole passage of scripture is about giving thanksgiving to God, amen giving of our tithes and offerings so that it can bless others, that it can bring back a bountiful harvest. When you get to heaven, you might have thousands of people that got there because of you and that your crown of righteousness is full of beautiful jewels of people that you really didn't know. But because of your obedience, because of, of your love for God, you were able to sow in and that missionary went to that country or went, you know, here in the States and, and, and taught the word of God, brought people to a knowledge of salvation. That's be all because of the tiny seed, or maybe it was a big seed that you gave to God. So God is looking at the conditions of our heart this morning, amen? It's about our salvation. It's about uh, the salvation of others. That as we stay obedient to God, God will remain faithful to us so that his kingdom can grow, amen? And that our, our lives produce fruit, just like he told Adam and Eve in the garden, be fruitful and multiply and replenish and subdue the earth. We can do that, but we have to till the soil, amen? We have to work, we don't have, we have to work, we have to give back, we have to understand that this principle is meant for us to bless the kingdom of God, amen? Amen, amen. Praise God this morning. I hope that you uh, receive this word, amen, and you um, understand it. Because as God is doing uh, great things for us, he's opening doors for us that we, you know, sometimes I just sit back and I'm just awed by all that God is, is doing here at Restoration, what he's doing for the ministry because of the uh, the seeds that have been sowed into this ministry, the things that we are doing in our community to help our community. God is manifesting uh, his self in so many ways. And we want to continue to be that blessing, amen? We want to continue to, to bless others so that, that others can be blessed and so that seed just multiplies and multiplies. So I'm asking for your prayers because Friday, I will go before uh, the uh, CHAFA, which is the Colorado Housing Fiduciary. Um, they have invited restoration, little old restoration to the table. And we are asking for $77 million to begin the building of houses, to build the, the building of apartments on our land, amen? That ain't nothing but God, amen? Because we sure don't have $77 million, but we have faith, hallelujah. And God is reciprocating it. God is blessing us to do something miraculous in our community because of our faithfulness. And I mean, that thing just excites me. So um, just be in prayer Friday as I go before the board um, and ask for this. We want to make, we want to do all that we can. We started with simply safe parking. 
and then it grew into pallet shelters. And now we have an opportunity to build a 178-unit apartment complex to, uh, to help those low-income families, to help those senior citizens. I mean, that is called reciprocity, amen? That is called sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And look what God has done for us and what he wants to continue to do through his people. When they build that building up, every time you drive, you need to throw your shoulders back and say, yeah, I was a part of that. I was a part of helping uh, minister to those in the, in the parking lot, ministering to those in the pallet homes, feeding, clothing, doing all that I can. Every seed that I, that I sowed into it is now been, uh, has been multiplied the way only God can multiply it. Amen? So we just ask that, you know, you grab a hold of this word and you just begin to see the blessings of God in your life. They might not be financial. You might not see them in a financial situation, but you might see it in a healing. You might see it in a salvation. And that is just as pleasing to God as money. So let's not get caught up on the money aspect, but let's get caught up on what that seed produces and that that seed produces something that we might not see, but God does. Amen. Father, we thank you for this word this morning, God. And we just pray, Lord, as we go through this uh, teaching, Father God, on our finances, the principles of being uh, of sowing and reaping, Father, the principles of being blessed by you, the only God, who sees and knows all. Father God, that we will continue, Father God, to give out of a love for you and out of a love for people, just as the Corinthian church gave to their fellow sisters and brothers, that we not be tight-fisted, God, but that we give freely to you so that your kingdom, Father God, can be manifested here on earth. We bless you now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Please bless this word that has gone forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.